And with that, it's time to say good morning to Narina Fister, strategist at ETF South Africa. Good morning, Sakina. Happy, happy Friday. <laughs> indeed, indeed it is. Narina, let's, let's just start off by talking about ESCOM and uh, the downgrade and what that means. Um, because, uh, you know, the almost the entire front page of the business day this morning, uh, looking at this particular ESCOM situation. And what makes matters worse is uh, the, the request uh, to um, the, the National Energy Regulator for a 25% increase. Yeah, I'm afraid that's the bit of news that definitely doesn't make it such a nice Friday today. So double whammy, really, the combination of news that S&P, after just last week, saying that South Africa's sovereign rating would not be downgraded for the next two years, um, very suddenly and almost overnight downgraded Eskom, and in this particular instance, it's now been downgraded to a level with the so-called junk status, which essentially means that for Eskom, their borrowing costs will rise quite substantially. This, despite S&P saying that they um, still believe that government will be a significant supporter for ESCOM in terms of meeting its its financial and its debt obligations. But ESCOM then um, last night also announced that they have applied for a 25.3% tariff increase to be effective from the 1st of April. And I'm afraid this is no April Fool's joke. This is, this is a, a real request. You might recall that um, as recent as two years ago, ESCOM was granted a five-year increase rate cycle of of 8% per annum and just two years into that five-year period. They are now saying that they need a 25% increase. And one of the main reasons why they want this is to actually pay for the diesel that is is running the generators whilst Eskom's power supply problems are, you know, sort of traditional power supply from from coal-fired power stations are not sufficient to meet demand. Mm, But they need to get the money from somewhere, Narina. And, you know, given the uh, consecutive downgrades, where are they going to get the money at favorable uh, borrowing rates? Well, they're not. And I think that's the problem is that the only um, sort of entity that could still um, almost provide the, the, the funding for ESCOM at a, at a reasonable pace is the South African government and therefore the South African taxpayer. I think what is unfortunate is that in the light of all of this, it seems like there's been some, some fairly ill-considered moves um, in the boardroom at ESCOM. You know, the suspension that we saw last week might be from a just a pure standalone corporate point of view, might have been a, a good idea. But from something that has the eyes of the ratings agencies of the world on it, this definitely was not a great idea. And to then hear that they are placing a, a, um, a ban or just a freeze on any um, retrenchments or job losses at this stage might sound great from a sort of a human point of view. But unfortunately, when you are in a short budgeted position and in an overspending position, that certainly does does not um, bode well for for further downgrades um, by ratings agencies. And we can go on and on about ESCOM, but we shan't. Looking at, and we spoke about this briefly yesterday, the futures close out. And yesterday saw the biggest trading day ever on the JSE in Narina, over 41 billion rand. That's right. It was a huge day, you know, and, and we know that futures close out is always a big day. Why such an incredibly big day yesterday? And really, it all goes back to those Fed minutes and Yellen's announcements on Wednesday night. You know, when, when our market closed on Wednesday, the futures and the spot 
spot market was pretty much in balance and it was very much a case of it was going to be a relatively quiet futures closeout. But with the big moves that we saw overnight, not just in the U.S. equity market, but in the U.S. dollar as well and some of the commodity prices, that caused a lot of discrepancy between futures and spot positions. And on futures closeout day, that really results in a lot of additional underlying trade in the spot market that futures players have to do in order to balance their books prior to the futures closeout. So a massive, massive day, not just volume-wise, but also some incredibly significant individual company price moves. Mm. Um, And a lot of that really was just related to what I refer to as structural trades. You know, these trades Mm -hmm. that basically the supply or demand for certain shares in order to balance the books of, of these basket trades or index trades and the majority of what we saw yesterday, big moves with companies like Azor, with companies like Naspers, for example, a lot of that was related to structural trade rather than any fundamental views on the companies. Naspers, I see up a whopping 6% yesterday. Yes, yes, indeed. I think it's, it, it's hurting a lot of our domestic fund managers because Naspers within the SWIX index, which is really the de facto domestic benchmark, um, is now way over 15%, which is a very, very big weight. And for most of your institutional investors, that's too, too big a position in a single company. So they all end up being relatively underweight in their, um, you know, relative to, to the weight that it has in the benchmark. They are underweight, and as this company's share price continues to run up, they are underperforming that benchmark, and this is really hurting their relative performance. Um, and, you know, this all just came on the back. In the case of Naspers, this really was fundamental um, price movement. Tencent had very, very good results out earlier in the week in China, and a combination of very good earnings coming through for Naspers, but more importantly, this referred valuation. So the value of, of um, Tencent that is contained within Naspers caused that price to rise over 6% yesterday to an all-time new record high of 1,845 Rand per share. So wow. yes, you need quite a bit of bucks to buy just a single, just a single share. share. <laughs> wow. Well, happy are those who have bought them when uh, they were still affordable. Uh, indeed, indeed. You know, and I remember it was as recent as 2013 that uh, a lot of people said that at a thousand rand a share, Naspers is way too expensive. A short two years later, and now we we, we sort of starting to eye two thousand rand a share. Mm. I guess the question is, how high can it go?